You're listening to the Outlandish Outcasts Podcast. Welcome to Outlandish Outcasts. I'm your host, Al. With me, as always, the lovely Desiree. How are you doing tonight, Desi? Well, not so lovely, but you know, you've been with me for the last... (laughs) week so you know. little under the weather it's that time of year flu's going around i don't i don't even get my drink for tonight because i'm just not feeling it <laughs> i think if i was was to have that drink tonight were to have that drink tonight it would be i wouldn't be going to work again mm, tomorrow yeah well maybe i can be the funny one tonight since you're not drinking i'm funny <laughs> when i'm not drinking okay i just am a lot more hilarious when oh, i am that's how i that go works. from Extremely funny to, oh my God, this girl's a hoot. Oh, okay. A riot. A hoot. Not a hoot. hoot. I feel like my grandma saying that. I thought of hooters, so I don't know. Oh my God. (laughs) Only you. Yeah, yeah. And every other man. Not only (laughs) me. Like half the population. (laughs) There's more, there's half men and half women. I thought there were more women in the world. In the world, there are more men. In this country, there are more women. That's because China put the whole kibosh yeah, on them. It's true, though. It's just the way it is. Okay, you know? prior to that, there were there were more women. You go to Alaska, and there's more women. Well, yeah, I'm not saying there's not more. It's just I'm approximate. It's like 51 to 49 percent. It's not like there's some big, big uh, yeah, difference. I'm in still numbers. right. <laughs> okay. Anyway, would you like to kick us off tonight? Well, I suppose I have to. Being I went last last time. Mm-hmm. So. My first story is going to be my boring story of the night, but I don't think it's all that boring because, you know, it falls right into science. If it's a boring story, why'd you bring it? No, it's the boring out of all three of mine. Oh, or are we talking about digging a hole? So it's like boring. Uh We're not digging a hole. You know, boring, like the boring company that digs holes? No. Okay, never mind. No, just no. We're not going there. Okay. No. And no. (laughs) Okay, so my first story is solar-powered climate research drone takes flight. So this is a project that's been going on for like years and years and years. Cool. And this story is from April 23rd of 2019. So since then, um, the Odyssey, Odyssey, I keep wanting to say Odysseus, is that what I said? Is that what it was? Odysseus? I always want to say Odyssey. I don't know why, but the Odysseus. Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> I'm horrible. The only re- I did not read your story. The only reason I know is because you showed me the word earlier. I said, I always want to say Odyssey and it's not Odyssey. <laughs> but this whole time, I every time I'd read it, Odyssey would go through my head because I'd just go through it real fast. Yeah. So anyways, um, it is a massive solar powered unmanned aircraft designed to fly continuously for up to three months at high altitudes. So cool. it would be used to perform client and climate and um, atmosphere research. Just like a, a, a solar-powered drone, kind of, huh? Sort of? Kind it, of? It's a solar-powered climate research drone. Yeah, okay. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. just that. <laughs> Except cool. it's meant to go higher and it lasts a lot longer. Okay. Um, it's designed by, by the Aurora Flight Sciences which is a subsidiary of Boeing mm-hmm. airplanes. Okay. Um, wingspan of 74 meters, and it can offer 250 watts of continuous power, 
uh, to a 25 kilogram payload such as a satellite. Hmm. So that's cool. Um, I suppose it's, you know, you, you, you get up there and you're getting the solar rays a little easier. You don't have to worry about cloud cover and crap like that. Right. Exactly. And then this flies in the stratosphere. So it's above even the weather mm-hmm. conditions, like you were saying, even above the clouds and stuff. Um, I think there's winds up there though in the stratosphere. I would probably, I'm not sure. I don't really know that much about it, but I would imagine there's... I think there is. As long as they're still inside our atmosphere, there's going to be some kind of wind, I believe. I think it's more windy in the stratosphere okay. than, I, Like I said, that could be. I could be wrong, though. I could totally be wrong on that. Um, So it's above the weather conditions. It covers a massive geographic area because it's so far up there. Mm-hmm. Um. And it has contact with the station on the ground, which is in Virginia. I had the city highlighted. <laughs> I'm going to say this wrong. <laughs> you had the city highlighted? I did. I do. So the company's headquarters in Manassas, Virginia. Manassas. Okay. <laughs> I almost slaughtered that. <laughs> it's probably right. Manassas. I've never oh, heard of Manassas. that's not what I was but... going to say. No. Oh. So, um, but they... It will operate from Puerto Rico, even though it'll be controlled from Virginia. Okay. I don't know. That's I mean, just what it says. I'm but. sure it's like the control it from one spot, but the actual radio, like best spot to get an actual radio wave up to them was from Puerto Rico. That could make sense. Puerto Rico, and I'm sure so it can view, it's it's not central for the United States or anything, yeah. but it has something to do with like the 20 longitude okay where it sits yeah. on the globe so it has a better view okay or something around that along that lines but everybody could research it if they're more interested in it i just thought it was kind of cool because it's three months solar powered so no emissions are being mm-hmm. released or anything because yep. it is strictly so solar powered um and it's i mean just the technology that's that coming cool. along because eventually, I mean, if Boeing is coming out with this, mm-hmm. you never know what could we could see in the future. This is true. This is true. Boeing could use some good press right now, so everybody should listen to this story because they're not doing so hot with that new plane that they had to take down. So. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, but that was my first story. Hmm. Cool, cool, cool. Like I said, that was my boring story, and it's it only going to get it's, more it's fun. Interesting. It's interesting. It's science. I love science. Well, but for some people, not everybody is interested in airplanes. I suppose my other stories, not everybody's going to be interested in it. But That's okay. Not everybody needs to be interested in every story. Of mine? Of anybody's. What? <laughs> of mine? I repeat. <laughs> Maybe we should start putting chapter markers in when I edit. That way people can just skip the boring ones. <laughs> no. <laughs> well, yeah, they probably don't like listening to you as much. Probably not. Probably not. <laughs> Especially with my next two stories because they are history based. So, you just know, <laughs> history can get kind of boring. It's not everybody's favorite subject. Um, my first one I'm a little embarrassed by. What? Why would I you like even history. do it then? I like history. Okay. I've always been interested in history. It was one of my favorite classes in school, um, especially American history. I've Ugh. always been very intrigued by it. I've always been super intrigued by the Lincoln assassination, the Kennedy assassination. Okay, that's cool, but that's not just I know history. absolutely like nothing about crime. the other two presidents who were assassinated. 
This country's had four assa- presidents assassinated, and I don't know anything. I didn't know anything about them. Nothing See, at all. I knew that, too, and I'm trying to think off the top of my head. It was either Truman or Taft. Start with a T. No. Oh. <laughs> the, uh, Lincoln was the first president to be assassinated. Uh, the second president, which is who I'm going to focus on today, it's who I'm going to talk about and who I did research on, uh, was Garfield. Garfield was assassinated. Oh, uh, that Mc- I didn't know. McKinley was assassinated. Hmm. And then, of course, uh, John F. Kennedy. But Garfield's was really interesting. He had a very interesting kind of rise and fall. I mean, obviously, the fall was the assass- assassination. <laughs> but Just a little. He... Uh, he, he he holds a couple of only time in history things. Um, he was the only uh, House of Representative member to go from uh, seat in House to president. But That's never happened. He he's further. He was one of the. He wasn't one of the top ten, but he was in the top twenty. So yeah, it was earlier. It was actually the twentieth. <laughs> I couldn't remember the twentieth. He was the twentieth president of the United States. I knew he was somewhere in there. What's really interesting is he didn't want to be president. Hmm. In 1880, the Republican National Convention was uh, being held, and he went to the convention because he was there to support um, another person, uh, Treasury Secretary John Sherman. He was there to support John Sherman's run for president. Did he get nominated? Um. After 30 ballot, 30 nominating rounds, they couldn't agree on a candidate. So then some delegates from Wisconsin said, hey, I got an idea. How about we compromise and go with Garfield? So And Garfield said, no, I don't want to be president. No, not me. No, not me. Six voting rounds later, uh, Garfield received 399 delegate votes and was the Republican nominee for the presidency. It almost sounds like when my dad won mayor of iron, he wasn't even running. He just got written in and they called him and said he won. And he said, I don't want the job. It's very similar to how Garfield ended up being the nominee. Once he was the official nominee, he did, you know, embrace it wholeheartedly and ran to be president. Um, Actually winning uh, our closest popular vote election in recorded history. It was less than 10,000 votes between, uh, between the two. Um, he did sweep the electoral college pretty much, so it was a blowout election. But popular vote wise, it was very, very, very close. That's funny. Unfortunately uh, for Garfield, uh, four months after he took, uh, four months after he became the president, he was shot. Who is his vice president by chance? His vice president was I just had this Arthur Chester A. Arthur. So was he wasn't somebody who was running originally or trying no. to get nominated under? But he does play a role, kind of, in the assassination. Because he wanted to be president? Not he. Actually, he didn't. It's not, well, he did. He had aspirations to run in the future, but he wasn't, like, trying to get rid of Garfield so he could run. Uh, what happened was um, Charles Gateau, he was the man who assassinated uh, Garfield, was a big Arthur fan. Really wanted Arthur to become president. And he was kind of crazy. His family tried to get him uh, locked up in an institution a few years prior to this. Oh my um, God. He really he he spent some time in this. I don't remember the name of the city uh, the name of the like city uh Oneida. Oneida. It's in New York. It was like a utopian 
community where it was like, uh, it's really weird. Like, I don't know much about it. I just know it's like one of these places where everybody wears robes in town and that's all you, you know, everybody dresses the same and it's really weird. Like Amish? Kind of, but not really Amish. A different like. Like a utopia? Yeah. Anyway, um, he was convinced that God wanted him to shoot the president so Arthur could become president. And the two, uh, the president and vice president were very different in what they believed in. Um, they were fighting for very different things. They did not see eye to eye politically. But after Garfield passed away, Arthur had decided he would not enact anything he wanted because he was just going to carry on Garfield's legacy. So the assassin didn't exactly get what he was looking for in that. Um, the most unfortunate part of the death um, is it took 79 days. For him to die? Yes. Aww. 79 days of doctors digging in a wound and never finding the bullet until after he died at the autopsy. His death was probably due to doctor infection. infection like his, MRSA, staph infection, something His like death that. caused a revolution in the medical community that they should start sterilizing hands and utensils before sticking them in somebody. Uh, because at that time they didn't. It's not something they did. My God. So, yeah. Garfield, uh, after 79 days in the, uh, in bed, basically not moving, um, he then finally passed away. But I just thought it was really interesting. I, an assassination of a president. I really liked history and I knew nothing about it. And it kind of blew me away that I didn't have any, I any knew of that there were more too, but I just don't ever remember it. Cause one, I'm not a history buff and two, and those po- are not the two that are yeah, in pop culture, on. you hear about the two, you know, about Lincoln and Kennedy because they were very big, uh, I'm not going to say important, but memorable presidents where Garfield was president for, before he got shot for four months. Yeah. It's not like he had a lot of time to make a big an impact on history. So it's not something you really remember. And McKinley, I don't remember the amount of time, but it's less than that. It was like four weeks or something like that well after that where he was shot weird so that's crazy that's my uh my first story little history lesson well mine's a place that someday we're gonna travel to probably not with the kids maybe when they're older if they were to go i don't know it's a little bit of uh, american history too just in a different perspective okay (laughs) so it's a travel we're I, like to travel. I like to travel. travel stories. Learn a little bit about history, but yeah. you'll be like bullshit, and I'm like, we're spending the night. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, because you know the whole skeptic you are, the yeah. Bell Witch Cave. Okay. Have you ever heard of this? I've never heard of this. No. Okay, so it's an American haunting. Okay. So I would definitely be interested. But you're not. You're like. No, I'm not. I'm a skeptic. I'm not a believer in things like that. But I've always wanted to stay in a house or an area that's supposedly haunted. It's the area. Itself. I've always been it's in. Not. A I even house. suggested to you that we take a drive to the this local place that's supposedly the hauntedest place in the state we live in. What? Not that long ago. I don't remember this. It's How a, do lo- I not it's a local cemetery. This? We talked about it. I think I know, but I don't remember. I feel like the city starts with a B. Yes, it does. They're <laughs> okay. known for their water. Okay, so so this tale, it's like of the Bell Witch spirit. Okay. Um, 
So the legacy or the legend of the Bell Witch, John Bell, farmer from North Carolina, along with his wife and children, settled in northern Robertson County, Tennessee in 1804. Uh, the farmer... The farm consisted of like 320 acres of the rich farmland along the Red River. Okay. Um, in the late summer of 1817, something happened that would change their lives forever. Some members of the family began seeing strange-looking animals running along the property. Um, then late at night, they started hearing knocking sounds on the door in the outer walls of the house. Later sounds um, were being heard in the house. Sounds of rats gnawing on the bedpost, chains being drugged through the house, stones being dropped on the wooden floors, and then gulping and choking sounds. Oh, that's weird. So the family really was... weird. Well, I'd be freaked out of and my mind. I mean, mind. this isn't a time like, where nope, it can be somebody who's got a TV on in the this. other room, you know? <laughs> yeah. I'd be like, we're not even messing with this. We're leaving. We're gone. Done. Um, we're going to burn the house and move on. So the family, they were terrified. They kept this problem to themselves for over a year. So when things became intolerable, John, he confided in a neighbor, James Johnson. He invited Mr. and Mrs. Johnson to spend the night. After several nights, apparently they needed to stay more than one night, um, of witnessing these strange things, Mr. Johnson suggested that more people should be told and a committee was formed, and an investigation started for this. Weird. So uh, before long, this unseen force had gained enough strength that it now had a voice. And it started to say, or it stated that it was the witch of a neighbor woman named Kate Batts. So this is what many people believed. And from then on, this unseen force was called Kate the the bell's witch okay so um i wonder if there's like a, a large plot of psilocybin mushrooms outside of this place. oh my gosh <laughs> well the house has been torn down they kind of reconstructed it because so many people were seeing it and it was okay because it was old yeah that it became dangerous yeah um but there were two reasons that this kate was visiting the bell home the main one was to kill john bell and then the second reason was to stop John's youngest daughter, Betsy, from marrying a certain neighbor boy named Joshua Gardner. So over the next three years, Kate tormented Why? members of the Bell family. They don't really say, but in another section, this is all on one website. It's the bellwitchcave.com. Okay. Um, it doesn't really say, but it's it said something about a dispute about land and the purchase of it. So it had something to do with that, and she held this grudge, apparently, or I have no clue. Um, hmm. Interesting. I'm really curious. Like, I mean, I'm not, it, it seems like, usually when I hear a story like this, and it's a, uh, you know, some kind of like a ghost story, there's usually a, it's, it's funny that there's no really big well, reason in front of like you. It like there was, were more you know. spirits. That was the main spirit okay. that came through, though. Okay, cool. Um but over the next three years, Kate tormented members of the Bell fa- family almost daily. John and his daughter, uh, Betsy, was the ones who received the worst physical abuse. Um, she had her hair pulled. She was pinched, scratched, struck with pins, even beaten. And John began um, suffering from spells of swelling of his throat. Hmm. So there were lots of things that were happening. Weird. Um, then it, he ended up with like twitching and jerking of facial muscles and then he would get curses and threats during these these things 
Um, but eventually John died and Kate broke off her engagement with this boy and the ghost went away. Okay. And well, that's so that's how they figured that's what definitely what the ghost was after. Well, she said she promised to return in seven years, which okay. she did. And she visited John Bell Jr. and had long talks with him about the past and the present and the future and all this fun stuff. And then she said in 107 years would return after that in 1935. Um, but some believe that she never left the area at all during the strange things that had occurred in and around the town. So um, it's a place you can visit, though. There is a I'd cave definitely you be can intrigued, even see intrigued to, go, to see it. But there's like a cave there that has a lot to do with this too. Like it's what is it? Uh portal, uh vortex. Okay. I can't even think of the word right now. But there's the Bell Witch cave there, right on the Red River, and people believe it's like a a portal a to yeah. hell or whatever okay. you want to yeah, call yeah. it. So I- you know, when you said you weren't, you didn't know if I'd be interested in something like this. I'd be interested in something like this, but more interested if it was a story um, being told. Like, more interested if this was being told now and somebody said, come experience what I'm experiencing. Then I'd definitely be like, I got to go. I want to stay there. I want to see what uh, it's like. People say if you go there, though, now, you still do experience the stuff. You, okay. You, that's why I was like, I don't. No, I definitely would. Not everybody 100%. experiences. And I'll tell you what, it, you may not like this answer. I know you said no kids, but our daughter would love it. She'd be freaked out as hell. But she really? Would love after it. the haunted house into experience? That. That's different. That was people no. in her face that she didn't like. <laughs> that oh, was different. Some scary ghosts isn't going to be any different pulling her hair that she can't even see. Maybe, maybe she would actually, (laughs) she, okay. She may tell you that she doesn't like it. She may actually, or she may tell us that she likes it, even though she'd be too scared to actually do it. But like the, the, the stuff she watches and the stuff she reads, she's really into like ghosts and stuff like that. Yeah. Cause she's curious. She's at that. Yeah. But if something ever happened to her, (laughs) I can almost bet it should be the end of it. Yeah, probably. She'd be like, nope, we're going to, we're going to read about unicorns now. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, probably. So. Hmm. Cool. Cool. Uh, My next story is about a Canadian. Oh, so this is an American history. No, this isn't really history. I mean, it's from history, I guess, but it's not in any history books, I'm sure. Well, you said history. I know, but it's from 1854. That would kind of make it history. Well, I guess, no, it's from more of 1926, but... <laughs> Still history. It's like 100 years ago, um, almost. Charles Vance Millar. Okay. He was a, a rich uh, Canadian. He was a lawyer and a and an investor in in businesses. And he was kind of a prankster in his life. He liked to... Um, nothing serious. One of his favorite pastimes was... Uh, walking down the street and he'd throw some money on the ground and then stand off to the side and watch people fight over it. He got a kick out of that. (laughs) My God. (laughs) So a little odd, not a little, but it became apparent that he was extremely odd in, on October 31st, uh, 1926, he passed away and people, was it a joke? And people read his will. He actually died on Halloween. He died on Halloween. Okay. I was thinking this was seriously just a <laughs> no, joke. He died on Halloween. Um, and in his will, he had some interesting requests. Requests? 
Well, or well, bequests. I get it. Would I guess it would be in a will because you're not requesting. You're saying this is what's going to happen with my stuff. You know. Okay. Um, three men: uh, uh, T. P. Galt, uh, J. D. Montgomery, and James Haverston were all granted joint li- joint lifetime tenants Tennessee in his vacation home in Jamaica. These are three men who hate each other, hmm. <laughs> and he knew they hated each other, so, <laughs> so he, he let them all stay in funny. his house. Um, to each practicing Protestant minister in Toronto, they were all given a share of O'Keefe Brewery stock, which was owned by the Catholic Church. Oh, my God. <laughs> um, two anti-horse racing advocates were uh, given uh, shares of the Ontario Jockey Club. Uh, which I, thought, I can guarantee this guy was just like, oh, God, I wish I could be alive. I should fake my death so I could see everyone's reactions. Each duly ordained Christian minister in Walkerville was uh, to receive a share of the Kenningworth uh, racetrack, a horse racing racing track, which I thought, you know, interesting giving that to some ordained ministers. Um, but the final thing and the one that caught the news at the time was the great, was known as the Great Stork Derby. Um, great Stork, like stork birds. The 10th clause of his will required that the balance of his estate be converted to his cat be converted to cash in ten years after his death and given to the Toronto woman who gave birth to the most children at that time. Oh my god, were people popping out kids or did they so all for, forget? For ten years it was litigated in court. There were some lawsuits. They weren't sure if this was something he could legally do, but the Canadian the Supreme Court of Canada uh validated the will and said, you know, this is fine. It is it is real. And Ten years after uh, he passed away, the, his net worth was worth uh, five hundred and sixty-eight thousand dollars, and this is nineteen thirty-five, nineteen thirty-six. Somebody with a huge farm ended up with something. Four people claim the prize. Because Four women. They, all they each had, had nine children. Um, My aunt Lorraine would have beat them all out with her thirteen <laughs> kids. Well, she had fourteen, thirteen kids. Yeah, well, at the time, this was in Toronto. They were the most with nine kids apiece. Three out of the four women um, didn't get the full funding, the full amount, because the state, uh, the, the state government, or I guess provincial government, was taking care of the money at the time. And three of the four women were on their welfare system, so they had to pay back out of that whatever they had received from the system. And at that time, just kind of kind of crappy. But one of the women, one of the women did get the full. Uh, it was like $112,000. Could you but, imagine? Because what year was this? Uh, 1936. How much that? That's worth so much money now. So, okay. So it was 100. How much was it, did she get the full? What was the full amount the again? The full amount was $568,000. Okay. So Canadian dollars. Canadian dollars. 568000 Mm-hmm. I'm going to figure this out. In 19... What year again? 1936 is I when, have it, the when the payout was. memory ever. Okay, so that is going to equal... Bum, bum, bum. Hmm. A dollar <laughs> would equal 18... 18- 21. Why didn't they give me 
An actual, <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay, so $18.21 times, give me the number again. The big one, 568000 568. Oh my goodness. 10 million, 10 million, $343, yeah. $280. Yeah, those, dollars. Yeah, I don't know how to talk about commas. It's a lot of money. So um, w- did it say who got the least amount? No. Um, it did mention that two women uh, falsely claimed. So there were actually six total claims. But the two women who falsely claimed settled for $12,500 each. And they still gave them something? Yeah. Oh, bullshit. They didn't want to deal with the court in the litigation, and they just wanted it over. So they gave them each $12,500. Uh, if you are interested in this story, there was a made-for-television movie, uh, The Great Stork Derby, which uh, starred Megan Follows. I don't know who that is, but yeah. Me either. I thought that was a very interesting will. I'd like to play some pranks with my will that'd be fun the only problem is you don't get to actually experience it so they still got two hundred and twenty-seven thousand dollars. Yeah, yeah bullshit yeah. whatever and they have they said they had nine kids turns out they lied i don't know exactly the story behind those but either way for lying they still got that yeah they did i should be lie. a liar that's it i'm gonna be a liar liar pants on fire It'll get me ahead in the world. Yeah. Okay, so my last story, thinking of getting ahead in the world, is this is the follow-up from last week's. Okay. Because remember, I was like all scared that you had the same had, story yeah, as thought, me. Yeah, we thought I had the same story so as you. So yeah. I pulled the story that I had found that I, I honestly thought I had with me last week, but I had the different Florida crime. So okay. this one is Florida burglar takes nap on couch, accomplice leaves him. Oh my god! <laughs> so very similar, yeah. very similar, very similar. So, um, Dominique Pinkard, Dominic Pinkard. Okay. There we go, because it's a guy. And Julian, um, even Gillis, twenty. She's twenty. So, okay. uh, they broke into a home in Lady Lake, Florida. Uh, Pinkard passed out on the victim's couch, and then. Evangelist, I'm just going to call her Julianne because, you know, I'm saying her last name wrong, decided to just leave him there, which turned out to be a big mistake. (laughs) So they kicked in the back door of the home around 7.30 a.m. The pair targeted jewelry, electronics. Um, Julianne was hauling a TV set out of the door, and then um, Pinkard decided to lay on the couch and take a nap. And she apparently chose not to wake him up. That robbery, it's a tough gig. <laughs> you get really tired robbing houses. You, you know, you really just got to take a nap. And she just left with the victim's TV instead. So the homeowner eventually <laughs> just, left <laughs> just left him. That's a great relationship. <laughs> Wonderful relationship. If that doesn't say anything, <laughs> um, the homeowner eventually returned to find Pinkard napping on the couch, but didn't wake him either. Instead, the victim called the police. Pinkard woke up only when the officers finally nudged him out of his slumber. <laughs> huh? <laughs> so there's three things that that we should all learn from this. Okay. Um. Always get a good night's sleep before attempting important or attempting important endeavors. Yes. Like if you're gonna rob a house, get a good know, night's sleep. 
burglary. <laughs> uh, two, never leave a napping accomplice behind at the crime scene. Yeah, it's not going to go good. Well, no, you're going to get busted. You're going to get so busted. Dumb, dumb. Anyways, three, apparently a big comfy couch is a good crime. Uh, <laughs> like a deterrent or like a security system almost. You just somewhere for them to lay down. Pretty much. <laughs> so... <laughs> May suggest leaving gentle lullabies playing on the stereo as an extra security measure. There you go. So, yeah. So that might help anyone I mean, if you're worried. About I can understand. Robbed. I get stressed out at work and on my lunch break, go take a nap a lot of days. I guess, you know, breaking into places is stressful work, but I don't think you really get a lunch break. So you probably shouldn't go take a nap. It was 7.30 a.m. when they broke into the place. Maybe they were working the midnight shift, breaking into houses. <laughs> uh, maybe. I have a feeling whoever left for work and they went in there. Yeah. So, yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> crazy, crazy, crazy. Yep, I'd have to say pretty crazy. So, And also, too, if you're going to rob some place or break into a place, make sure you have a good relationship with that other person. Yes, yes, definitely. If, if if and if she leaves you sleeping on the couch, like she's not worth it, man. Just no, let he her turned go. her in. Let her go. He turned her in. Oh, good, <laughs> good. <laughs> <laughs> I suppose you know he could get hit for like breaking and entering, but he didn't really steal anything. He, he had was, jewelry in his pockets. Oh, okay, he got busted. Yeah, he did steal something. He then. got busted. Yeah. Okay, okay. Well. Speaking of getting busted, not really. That doesn't make any sense. <laughs> okay. The um the NSA, you know, they're known for surveillance and, you know, keeping an eye on the bad guys, I guess. Um in nineteen ninety nine they sent out a mass message to uh, all NSA agents that if you are visiting an NSA office, you must not bring a certain toy because they are banned. Furbies were banned from the NSA offices. Why were they, they banned? Because they're annoying? Well, the commercials show a Furby, and this is 1999, huge toy at the time. I totally remember it. Um, the commercials made it sound like Furbies learned English. When in reality, they were just programmed with Furbish and English, and slowly they'd release some of the English well, you actually had to talk to it because if yeah. you didn't talk to it, it never learned. No, it. I know, and that's it was programmed to do that. That it it's would, like you know, after hatchimal. so long and so many interactions. But the NSA believed that it actually would learn things, so they were they were positive it had recording devices in it and could be used to spy on people. So they banned them from all offices. Weird, because there's a reset button on all of yeah. them. <laughs> Um, the, uh, uh, da, 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 I mean, da, da, like da. I would know, I wasn't old enough to own a Furby. Uh, Tiger Electronics president, uh, Roger Schiffman did end up visiting the NSA and pleading with them and telling them that there is no, uh, the Furby is not a spy. There is no recording apparatus inside of a Furby. Um, and in similar news, Qantas Airlines, uh, banned Furbies, but that was just cause they could talk and would get, uh be very annoying on a plane <laughs> very annoying on or off a plane i hated furby i never had one my brother and sister had one but i did not we because it was hard to find them mm -hmm. um my mom had one and it was wrapped up for all three of us okay so yep cool 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 
that, I guess that is it. If you uh, like what you heard or would like to give us any feedback, send us an email at outlandishoutcasts at gmail.com. Hey, if you've ever been to the Bell Witch Cave, let us know if you had any experiences. Yeah, I really want to know. I really want to know. I think that would be kind of cool to hear any personal experiences there. That would so be really cool. you could definitely leave a comment on Facebook about it at um, Outlandish Outcast Podcast or even on our Instagram page. You can leave a little comment there and that's at Outlandish Outcast. And on Twitter, we are Outlandish Casts. Yep. So send an email, leave a comment, anything. Let us know. Please do. Please do. And if, if you'll really like the show, take a few moments and... Uh, Give us a rating on whatever platform you happen to be listening to this show or, on. Or share it. Share yeah, it share, on the share. social. Share and share alike. Any it is, social. Yeah. Any antisocial network. <laughs> I don't know. Antisocial? No. I don't know. I you don't, don't know. Antisocial, we wouldn't be sharing yes, at yes, all. Yes, I know. I know. I know. I was just joking. Anyway. No, you weren't. <laughs> you weren't joking because you're antisocial. I am antisocial and it's time for me to go. Have a good week, everybody. Whatever. Bye.